and welcome back to Sprinkles of SEL with U2L, a podcast on social and emotional learning, wellness, neuroscience, and healthy habits for educators or anyone in the education space. I'm Lauren. And I'm Naratha. And we are your SEL team here at United to Learn. Today's sprinkle of SEL is on emotional intelligence. And before we dive in, let me preface by saying, dear SELs, thank you for being patient with us. We had a few hiccups with technology and illnesses and, you know, life just decided to life. So we are back on track for recording and releasing episodes bi-weekly on Wednesdays. I think the universe wanted us to just take a minute for ourselves before we can be there for you. So thank you guys for your patience. Yes, definitely. A a forced break, if you will. (laughs) Um, So like I said, today's sprinkle of SEL is on emotional intelligence, defining it, developing it, and determining its place in our schools. So before we dig into the research, I want you all to take a moment and think about who comes to mind if I were to say, oh, wow. That person's really emotionally mature. Namratha, anyone come to mind? I have one person immediately come to mind, and this is one of our colleagues, actually, Lauren. Totally. She is super wonderful. And I think when I when I think of her and the the just connotating her with emotional intelligence, for me, what really comes to mind is the idea that she's not only someone who just uh, is very diplomatic at the end of the day, but I feel like she has an immense self-awareness. Mm. She knows what she's feeling. She knows how to regulate those emotions and she knows how to filter that in a way that when she's interacting with other people, it's coming off um, very kind, but also very firm at the same time. Right. Absolutely. And very empathetic. Yes. And she's, she is a phenomenal leader. And um, when I am going through some tough waters or have to navigate something, I channel, channel her in my mind. I'm like, okay, how would she go about handling this? How would she go about communicating in this situation? How would she go about processing before moving forward? What would she do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. what would she do? So shout out to our very talented director of literacy, Marisol. We are talking about you. You are the definition of very high emotional maturity. So thank you for being a leader to all of us in the office and showing us and demonstrating your ways. (laughs) (laughs) So Namratha, can you tell me a little bit more about some common indicators of low emotional intelligence? Yeah. So I think an, an easy way of saying this is low emotional intelligence is really being able to have, well, not being able to have the the ability to manage and express your emotions, right? So if you are having a lower EI, you're really having difficulty with that. As opposed to when you're having a higher EI, you have that self-awareness, you have that self-regulation ability. And I can even, I can pinpoint times in my life where I know I'm not being as emotionally intelligent as I could be because those are the skills that I'm struggling with in particular. Mm-hmm. I I really like, I'm, I'm struggling with even naming how I feel, right? And when we talked about, well, one of the things we talked about in season one, right? You have to name it to tame it. Right. Yeah. So I know that was one of the things I know I've struggled with in the past. And then coming from there, being able to manage and express those emotions appropriately. Um, I know those are the two skills I know I particularly struggled with when we think about low EI um, those are the some of the common indicators. Yeah, definitely. And um, 
I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to kind of, what is emotional intelligence? And based on research and what is its relationship to social and emotional learning? So to clarify, emotional intelligence or EI is your ability to identify and manage your emotions and the emotions of others. EQ is what relates the measurements taken to your emotional skills and identifying your emotional competence. The level of EI or emotional intelligence we have is our EQ, similar to IQ. And then SEL would refer to the process in which people acquire their emotional intelligence, develop their empathy for others, learn problem-solving skills, and relationship skills. And so all of that is tied together because your social-emotional learning skills or your social-emotional skills will strengthen upon having a higher EI and EQ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And... Lauren, I know you gave me a pop quiz last episode, so I'm actually going to start off by giving a little pop quiz to you this episode. All right, I'm ready. Right. Yes or no? <laughs> Very simple yes or no question. Um, do you think emotional intelligence has a place in our schools? One million trillion bazillion percent, <laughs> yes. The math may not be mathing on that one, but yes. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, right. EI, emotional intelligence, absolutely has a foundation in our schools, and it has to be the foundation in our schools, right? Research demonstrates that educators who possess strong emotional intelligence have better engagement at work, higher self-efficacy, and better student academic scores to show for it. So in other words, engaged teachers lead to engaged students. Mm, can you say that again, Namratha? Oh, yeah. Engaged teachers lead to engaged students. And it kind of feels one of those things that it's like, well, yeah, duh. <laughs> we know that. Mm -hmm. And we have research to show for that. But it's one of, again, it's easier said than done, right? But when you, well, how do we get those engaged teachers, right? We have to get them by practicing the social and emotional skills that it's going to take to achieve that high emotional intelligence. So with that being said, question two for you, Lauren, mm -hmm. and for those of you who are listening. CASEL, who is the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional uh, Learning, they have outlined five main competencies of social and emotional learning. So those are emotional self-awareness, emotional regulation, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making. Those are our five main competencies. Now, of these five, what would you say are the first main three competencies that our students should begin practicing with? I'm going to stick first with emotional self-awareness, mm -hmm. um, being introspective, the ability to understand your place in space <clears throat> before you start to understand how it works in conjunction with other people's places in space. Um, so definitely emotional self-awareness followed by emotional regulation, name it to tame it. And then the third one, hmm, I'm going to say social awareness because social before awareness. you can okay. build those relationships, I think you have to be aware of others around you um, in order to better understand how to navigate those relationships. But just my opinion. No, absolutely. That's great. Okay. So those are the three that you're, you're, you're thinking, right? Mm -hmm. What about for our educators? What do you think are the first three of those competencies that they should be prioritizing? Mm -hmm. 
Honestly, I wouldn't change. Okay. So the I wouldn't same change. answers. So you're saying emotional self-awareness, emotional regulation, and social awareness, both yes. for our students and our teachers. And I say that just, just to exemplify this, I'm going to ask a question to listeners and, and to you, Namratha. Did you know that anger is a secondary emotion? Ooh. No, no, not when you put it like that. So but, anger but is, say more. is a secondary emotion, meaning... There is a another emotion that happens that precedes anger. And so when you're dealing with yourself being angry or others who are angry, anger is not the the primary emotion. It's the secondary emotion. So something else happened and they felt another way before feeling angry. And I think that's pivotal when framing the importance of understanding your own emotions and the emotions of others. As you say that, I'm reflecting on, you know, times when I got angry, right, for any reason. And I can think that for me in particular, and I think that's something we should all be asking ourselves, where does that anger come from? Why are we experiencing that? For me, I know hey, my anger comes from fear, you know? Mm. And, 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 you know, we, we can, we will dive into that maybe in a whole other episode. <laughs> yeah, for but I sure. Think that's I'd a love very, to unpack that. Yeah. I think that's a really important point to bring up though. So let's answer though my question. <laughs> <laughs> so these look at, let's look at these competencies, right? So here's what's interesting. A 2017 report on the inclusion of SEL minded elements in teacher preparation programs in the United States showed that these programs include more of a focus on three of the five SEL components. Now, Lauren, you had said, you, you, you had hoped, right, that the three that we're prioritizing is emotional self-awareness, emotional regulation, and social awareness. I'm yes, gonna... in that order, emotional self-awareness mm-hmm. first, in my opinion. Okay, so in that order. Now, these programs, I'm going to tell you what they prioritized. Social awareness, you got that one. Relationship skills, and responsible decision-making. So which two components did you not hear, Lauren? Um, the two most important. The two most important. <laughs> yeah, right. I whispered that because I don't want that to be true. So are you saying that our teacher preparation programs by large in the United States focus on the other competencies outside of um, emotional self-awareness and emotional regulation, which I'm arguing are the foundation in many ways to being able to build up those self-awareness and those um, strong relationship building. Like how can you build relationships with others if you're not even understanding your own Correct. Rela- uh, emotions? Like Correct. that the math isn't mathing. The math isn't mathing. <laughs> the end of the day. Yeah. So this is kind of crazy, right? So the report actually further outlined uh, the following, just the breakdown behind this. So when it comes to the importance given to fostering our students' SEL skills, much less of an importance was given to their self-awareness and their self-regulation. So in other words, and I'm going to I'm going to shoot some numbers out real quick. Self-awareness was highlighted in 22 out of the 50 states. Self-management was highlighted in 26. But what that means is if we think about that, less than half of our teacher preparation programs in the United States are emphasizing these skills and the practice of emotional intelligence for our students. Um, I'm scratching my head and I think that we need to document a visual of this because what, 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 huh? 
It's just, it's, it's, doesn't it's make confusing. sense. It doesn't make sense, right? Okay. Okay, I'm gonna okay, blow tell your, me more. Tell I'm me gonna, more. I'm gonna blow your mind a little bit more now. Okay. <laughs> so this is definitely way lower than we'd like, right? But more alarmingly, only nine of our states focus on our teachers' emotional self-awareness. And then, get ready for this, only two focus on their emotional self-management. So in Insert other words, palm to head emoji. Yeah. <laughs> in other words, less than one out of five teacher preparation programs, less than one out of five, are requiring our pre-service teachers, our teachers in training, to learn such skills as how to identify their feelings, their strengths, their weaknesses, or how to control and appropriately express those feelings, manage your stress, and monitor their progress towards achieving their goals. And I can just think about when we're thinking about how much our educators are already expected to accomplish, of course, I would assume and I would hope that these skills are being addressed, right, from the from the beginning of this whole preparation process for them. So does it make sense then, Lauren, thinking about this, does it make sense to push for our students to be socially and emotionally intelligent if our educators are not? No. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm still scratching my head. <laughs> like, it's, this is alarming. This is. This, this is a, a crisis in teacher preparation programs, in my opinion. Um, this isn't okay. This isn't okay on so many levels. I can think back, and, and listeners, I... I ask you to do this too. Think back to memories of when you were a student, right? Think back to times when you had teachers lose their cool. Yeah. Because I know you did. And if you're an educator, think about now, think about times when you've lost your own cool. Because I know you have. We're human. Mm -hmm. we're and human. in what world are we not equipping the village that raises our children? but expecting our children to be raised knowing all of the things mm -hmm. that we have failed to properly work with the village of razors <laughs> to understand. Like, it, it, it just, yeah. I'm really struggling here. This is very frustrating for me. You know what this is to me? It's like teaching, so, teaching a kid to ride a bike, but then you don't know how to ride a bike yourself. Right. We talked about this. No, we don't. We talked about this last week. Yeah. If you need your oil changed, you are not going to ask me to teach you how to change your oil. Right. I'm going to go to my professional. Right. Yes. I want somebody who's known it, who's done it before, who is well equipped in that to change, to teach me, right? Mm -hmm. How to do it myself. So absolutely. So it does not make sense for us to coach anyone around us on these skills if we ourselves are not proficient. Okay. So in summary, don't add all of these things to your resume of skill sets that you can do and help others develop if you yourself are not able to do that. I'm not going to put MLB pitching coach on my resume <laughs> if I'm not good or know a lot about pitching, right? So how does that connect and what does that mean for us? I think at this point um, in the world of education, I'll, you're listening right now because you care. You care about yourself. You care about your children. You care about the educators in your life if you aren't one. And so what do we do? Well, if it's not going to be done by our teacher preparation programs, if it's not going to be done in our professional developments that are required by our district and such, what, what are we doing? So we have some tools to really think about internally for ourselves, 
starting with ourselves, what a concept, um, how to develop emotional intelligence. So Mark Brackett, who is the founder, uh, founding director of the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence, which is amazing. If, if you're unfamiliar with him, check him out. He is the developer of the Ruler Method, R-U-L-E-R. And he's also the author of Permission to Feel. And he, yes. He shares that we should not be, quote, emotional judges, rather emotional scientists. I love that. <laughs> so let's be emotion scientists together and conduct our own research and case study on ourselves so that we can show up and be the very best adults in the communities in which we serve. So take a moment and reflect. How do you currently process your own emotions? How do you do that? Do you go for a run? Do you turn on Netflix? Do you doom scroll for two hours? Do you um, spend time with your family? Do you deep dive and do some baking and and just completely tune out from, from other things? What are ways in which you process your very own emotions? So we're going to learn a fun self-reflection tip to call tip called the five whys. Some of you may be familiar with it, um, but we're going to go ahead and dive in. So Namratha, humor me, ask me why. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the Washington monument is eroding and it's a problem. Oh my gosh. Why? Why? Well, they did some, and the, by the way, this is a true case study. They found out that the Washington monument was being washed super frequently, pressure washed, and that was causing the eroding. Mm-hmm. Why? Why were they washing it so much? Well, they did some more digging and they found out that it's because of the amount of bird poop that shows up on the monument. So they're constantly having to wash it. Uh, why? Was there so much? Why was there so much of bird poop? Yeah, I, they kept digging, right? Five wise. They, they found out that after um, a large amount of um, bugs were consumed by birds, which causes more birds to show up when there are bugs. That is the reason for the excessive amount of poop. And so, Namratha? Why? Why were there so many bugs for so many birds to eat, for so many birds to poop on the Mm -hmm. monument? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, they they found out that we as Americans just love to go look at the Washington Monument, and therefore the lights were on 24-7, and having those lights on all hours of the night attracted a whole bunch of bugs. So that was the very summarized version of this real story of the Washington Monument. Long story short, they turned the lights off for a couple of hours in the middle of the night, and it drastically reduced the number of um, bugs, which then reduced the number of birds and their droppings, and then reduced the number of times we had to wash the monument. So oh my gosh, I love slowed that. the eroding process. Yeah, I love but that. Um, if we do that with ourselves, when you're feeling something, you're going through something, ask yourself why. What are you feeling? Can you name it? Are you feeling more than one feeling? Consider, are these emotions good, bad, just plain ugly? If they are, that's okay. But let's think about why we're feeling those emotions, right? So what caused you to feel this way? Does this happen often? Does certain language, people, places, things, environments bring this emotion out of you? And if your answer is, I feel angry, Remember, that's a secondary emotion. So what what's the real emotion you're feeling before that? Yeah. And you know, when you're saying this, this brings me back to something we've talked about already on this podcast, which is the difference between our stress and our stressors. 
and how that ends up impacting the what emotions we are feeling, right? So when we're doing an ex- like this case study, this analysis within ourselves, like let's be emotion scientists. Let's also piece out, is this something that's a stress? Is this just a stressor? Then can I manage this in some way, right? So the next time we're feeling particularly upset or frustrated or anxious, or even when we're even feeling happy, let's take a minute and think about why is that? Why? Yeah. Be a scientist with your own emotions. Yep. And not judge yourself. Don't cut yourself down if you're not happy with the way you feel. It's okay. It's okay. All right. So um, to recap, because we are running uh, over time, as always. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Let's go ahead and recap. Emotions are the reason uh, our brains have memories. I don't know if I punched that really well up here, but emotions are essential to learning. That's how our brains create memories is by way of emotions. And so if we have a a tough time handling our emotions, working through our emotions, processing our emotions, we are skewing the memories that we have and it's becoming an issue. Um, So poor emotional intelligence may influence what and how we remember things, both positive and negative, which also affects how we process trauma. So food for thought, emotions are are the reason we have memories. That is, there's that is the neuroscience of memories being created in our brain is, is tied to emotions. Um, and then also take a moment to really think about what is stemming the emotions you're having and what is evoking those emotions and how is that affecting your ability to um, execute good social emotional skills. Okay, so I think that is all our time for today. Thank you everyone so much for tuning in. But before we close out, uh, let's think about what our commitments are for this week. Yes, so um, I recently drove across the country and stopped at the world's largest gift store (laughs) in Branson, Missouri, um, and impulsively bought a harmonica. So I... (laughs) Don't laugh so at me. It's so random. It's so but I am committed to learning how to play harmonica. I love that for you. <laughs> Thank I love you. That for you. What about you, Namratha? Um, I am, Lauren, you know this, I'm a schedule person. I'd like to keep everything on my Google calendar as much as possible, both in my personal and my professional life. If it's not on the calendar, it's not in my books. <laughs> I'm not doing it. So, um, but here and there, I think I've been slipping up on that and and you know, uh, missing a few things. So I want to be able to make sure I am keeping to the schedule, keeping to my own schedule and making time. And what that means is not just like making sure things are on there, professionally speaking, but I'm scheduling out time for me. I'm putting me time on the calendar as well. Mm. And I'm keeping to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's my commitment. Prioritize yourself. All right. Last thing. Prioritize others. Absolutely. And our last thing is our mindful moment. So Lauren, go ahead. Yes. Um, This one resonates loud. And by the way, we've recorded this podcast, I think, three times, three and a half times, maybe four. I think I think um, we just really needed to let the lesson ourselves, right? We needed to know about emotional so intelligence. This, this quote is from um, our book, as I always mention, A Year of Mindfulness for Beginners by Lee Papa. So the date is actually from an, an August date, but it is very important. And I think it connects well to the, the uh, content for today's topic. It is repeat this affirmation throughout the day. 
The limits I impose in my mind are the only things that stifle my experience of greater awareness. Oh, that so, gets even more profound. Like every time I hear that, that's that's incredible. Yeah. When you think about your emotional intelligence, what um, if you have low EQ? What kind of barriers have you unintentionally built in your mind that is stopping you from a greater awareness and living a more full life? You know, bringing it back to one of the first things we talked about, what is stopping us from being that colleague that we were talking about, Lauren? My own head. My, <laughs> it's me. I'm the problem. Hi, it's me. <laughs> um, problem, it's me. <laughs> See you at the Chiefs game. We're Swifties. Okay. <laughs> All right. So again, thank you so much for being patient with us, Essie We've We are back on track and we are here and we are ready to tackle the world with you. But before signing off, we can't leave without being, without saying, Essie we see you, educators, teachers, people in, in the community that are working uh, elbow to elbow with our educators. We see you. We need you. We value you. As you um, hit Rocktober, just know you have people in your corner and the work you do is important and all of those little kiddos that fill every seat in your room are so so lucky to have you as the person they see for a majority of their days so don't forget you matter we care about you we see you reach out if you need anything we love you and until next time bye guys bye see you later Thank you.